Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And of course, on the line with me now is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing, doing great. You know, I just got back from Charleston. I got a great program down there. A lot of fun, a lot of great nonprofits uh, that uh, we were working with down there. But I'm really happy to be on Cause Talk Radio talking to you today. And also on the line with us today is Missy Sherburn, Chief Partnerships Officer at DonorsChoose.org. Hey, Missy, what's happening? Hey, Joe. Hey, Megan. So glad to be with you all today. Thanks for having me. You know, you, you're like, donors choose like... They're like superstar. Stars. I know. Just like star, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I expect Missy any day now to be like on some big publication or something. What do you think? Well, you know, Charles Best was on the company, the company, the cover of Fast Company not too long no, ago. So I, I'm sure Missy's next. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I mean, it's it, it, you, know, you guys got so many good things happening right now, Missy. Thanks so much. We do, Joe. We have a lot going on. I think that's the fun part of working at um, at DonorsChoose.org. Do you mind me sharing some of the fun things that we're doing right please now? Please do. Uh, we'd love to hear them. So um, one of the fun uh, partnership programs that we have uh, that's been hot this fall is something that's called Flash Funding. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the inception of flash funding is a fun story that I'm going to share really briefly. Mm. And flash funding is when a partner funds every project uh, posted at donorschoose.org in a certain mm-hmm. community, a city or a state or a region, mm-hmm. in a surprise moment. And the um, inception of this concept is a fun one. So two and a half years ago, Charles got a phone call from an elderly woman from California. And he picked up the phone, and she just said who she was, and she said, I'd like to fund every project in California. Mm-hmm. How much does that cost? Wow. And at the time, he, no one had ever called us asking, could we fund every project in a certain geographic area? Right. So Charles quickly computed what it would be at the time, two and a half years ago, and it, he said, okay, it'll be, you know, thank you so much for this idea or this you know, concept. It'll be $1.2 million. And, and you never heard from her ever again. <laughs> exactly. No, and the story took a different turn, which is that and Charles did not think he would ever hear from her because they yeah. got off the phone, and lo and behold, a $1.2 million check showed up in our <gasps> office, and flash funding was born then. So we tried to socialize the idea to other partners, and uh, it wasn't really getting picked up until the spring when Google decided they wanted to try flash funding, and they flash funded every project in the Bay Area, and it was a huge hit. And it not only was a magical moment for teachers, which is exactly what it was two and a half years ago when we funded every project in California, but it also created this incredible media storm uh, for Google. Mm. And so now mayors and other city leaders can do these big reveals where both the teachers have these magical moments and cities and communities can as well. So we uh, Google took flash funding to other markets from uh, the Bay Area to Atlanta where we launched uh, or we launched a flash funding with the mayor Uh, to Chicago, where we launched with Mayor Rahm Emanuel, um, and to other cities ranging from Pittsburgh to to Detroit to Kansas City. So it's been a really fabulous, um, fabulous fall because we've created a lot of magical moments um, for, for many teachers and for communities, which has been a lot of fun. 
So in doing the flash funding, what do you think is really attractive? Is it is it just the idea that you could have such an impact in so many different locations? Like, you know, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of like a giving day, Megan and Missy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like a giving Tuesday yeah. is that you're really trying to build excitement around, you know, uh, one day and doing something big for a lot of different organizations. Yeah, I think that's that is right. It is in many ways like a giving day, and I think it's the the combination of the the surprise um, and the magical moment for teachers. It's like they can't you know they mm. can't anticipate that it's happening, and then the um, the the glow that's created for the company in that community because of the media storm that's created as well. So I think it's the combination of those two things: the impact on the teachers and the classrooms, and then. Uh, the the glow that happens for the partners thanks to to a lot of the media storm that surrounds it as well. That's fantastic. You know, we talked about last time on Cause Talk Radio, we talked a lot about crowdfunding. And Donors Choose was the example we held up as being a crowdfunding organization. So can you talk just a little bit about maybe just about what you guys do at Donors Choose that makes that model work so well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great, great question, Megan. So what's interesting about DonorsShoes.org is we existed before crowdfunding was a word. Right. Um, so when DonorsShoes.org launched in 2000, it clearly wasn't what it, what it is today. And we had no idea that it would become this movement that would impact so many industries and, um, and so many individuals. Um, you know, when we think about crowdfunding, we think about obviously the pooling of the resources, pooling of resources to bring great ideas to life. And in our case, you know, those great ideas are classroom projects from um, from public schools. And I think what makes it so um, so powerful is um, is what inspired Charles to start DonorsChoose.org 14 years ago, and what was at the premise of starting DonorsChoose.org which obviously at the heart was connecting teachers and, and people out in communities across the country. Yet the model was based on choice, accountability, and transparency. Mm-hmm. And so people knowing, being able to choose where they want their money to go, um, knowing exactly how that money was going to be spent, and then hearing back about how the money was spent. Mm-hmm. That was the premise of DonorsChoose.org, and I think it's really the premise of crowdfunding models today, mm-hmm. whether it's a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, um, that's, that's at the heart of those models as well. Mm. You know what I think is interesting, too, about your model, and it was so um, applicable in that you, you started with this elderly woman calling Charles uh, to ask how she could fund mm-hmm. all these different projects. It seems like, especially with your platform, that you really have been able to transcend the generations, that it just isn't millennials with you. And I don't know if Indiegogo could say that. Yeah. Um, and, but it seems right. that with you, that it, it really does like, you know, you get older people, you get moms, obviously that are engaged with you. And I'm right. sure you get your share of millennials that are engaged with the platform. Do you right. have an average age of people that use your platform? You know, I don't, I, I don't know if we have any specific average age. I would get, I think I would guess that it's, um, probably mostly people in their like forties to fifties, but mm-hmm. 
it can it depends on who we're talking about from yeah. a donor perspective i would i would lump them in that group from our teachers what we found was really interesting um when we did a survey of their uh age breakdown uh, a number of years ago is that we assumed that most of our teachers were going to be folks who were um have been in the classroom in that uh kind of early range you know two mm-hmm. to five years yep but what we found was that we had uh, teacher users who, and our bigger groups were actually uh, teachers who with more than five years of work, of work experience, so more than five years in the classroom. And we saw that, that it, it ran the gamut so that we yep. had teachers at all stages of their careers. And it really boiled down to, we had just made this assumption that, that the, the newer teachers were going to be more technologically savvy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, what it was really about is who are the teachers that, are really going above and beyond for their students. And in that case, teachers who go above and beyond for their students, they're going to do whatever it takes to get more resources and experiences for their kids. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about um, it wasn't about how technologically savvy. It wasn't about right. the number of years they had taught. It, I think the common denominator is we're, we're attracting um, some of the best teachers out there who really want to keep going above and beyond for their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's so key too, uh, Missy. In terms of that, is like sometimes I think we overstate like the complexity of of technology, and especially something like your site, which yeah. I think is so easy to use, and the concept is very easy in terms of people understanding that. Look, you you maybe supported these types of campaigns offline before. Here's an opportunity to have a much bigger um, you know tapestry here of organizations that you can support, but you'll just be doing it online. And I think once you get online on your site, it's very easy to use. We think so, and I think we, you know, we're constantly getting feedback from our teachers and donors. Um, one of our our main core values is is, is user focus, which means mm-hmm. that our, all the decisions that we should be making should be based on our key users, and in our case, that's our teachers and our donors. So, you know, we're regularly asking them for feedback on on the site, and you know, trying to make changes based on on their feedback. Um, so that we can consistent, consistently and continually be growing so we can better meet their needs. Mm. Speaking of technology, though, one of the first things I learned about Donors Choose when I learned about Donors Choose, I don't even remember how many years ago, was that you have an API mm. that you enable, mm. is it just companies to use, to get your site sort of embedded into their site. Can you explain <laughs> kind of what mm-hmm. that is, how much you rely on it, and why that makes a difference for your corporate partners? Sure. Um, so an API, basically what it does is it allows a company to include DonorsChoose.org classroom projects on their own website mm-hmm. using whatever criteria they want, whatever layout, whatever branding. And then it allows people to support DonorsChoose.org classroom projects without ever leaving the company's website. Mm. So the skin, the exterior is Exactly, it's corporate branded. It is their exterior. The the inside is donorschoose.org, if that makes yep. sense. Totally. Yep. And so, um, and so, a couple examples just to to bring bring it to life. Um, one of our uh, partnerships that uses the API is our partnership with Sonic Limeades for Learning. Mm-hmm. The Sonic Drive In Burger yep. is a um, is a restaurant that's in, gosh. Um, there's over 3,000 locations across the country. Um, the partnership launched in 2009, and so we're in the sixth year of that partnership. 
And they came to us wanting to create this nationally marketed, locally focused campaign, which would be branded Sonic Drive-In, Lineage for Learning, obviously, where customers could choose which projects Sonic would support. Mm-hmm. And so this Lineage for Learning microsite lets customers search for projects in their own community. They vote on the projects they like the most, and they then see that the projects that were received the most votes were funded by Sonic. And so the exterior of Lineage for Learning, it's all their brand. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, obviously, there's DonorChoose.org logo on it, um, but it's all their brand. But the guts, the inside, is the DonorChoose.org um, project that they have pulled, basically pulled into that microsite. And, do you mm-hmm. and so what it, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if you had companies that are using that from an employee perspective, like on some sort of internal employee portal where employees can decide, you know, they get so much money toward a donor choose project and they get to choose the project. Does that ever happen? We've created specific landing pages that we use with companies where um, they haven't used the API, but they've done it using the donorschoose.org site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can create internal competitions. They've done that using our site, um, where we can create those pages on donorshoes.org and they share them share them internally. But it would be really fun to do that, yeah. um, to do what you suggested with the company as well, Megan. Right. Well, I think what's so great about that, too, is you're doing a great job of giving companies options of ways that they can support you. Uh, and that's so important, regardless of the organization, is that you're giving companies a lot of different ways to get involved with you. And if you just happen to be you know, an organization of your size that can give companies an API that they can include right on that portal, then that's another way for you to engage with them. Exactly. And then it allows, you know, it basically allows the the company to use their own graphic identity and their own customer experience and to recreate and rebrand the donors to use that experience in a way that makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what else are you guys um, uh, working on lately? I mean, obviously, you folks are busy, you're a very successful organization and stuff like that. But one of the things I love about Donors Choose is I feel like you folks are at the cutting edge of what's happening out there in terms of raising money and working with companies especially. Are there things that you folks are interested in right now that you're focusing on or exploring that would be of interest to you? Yeah, Yeah, so we have three three kind of big, big opportunities for for growth on the horizon, um, two of which really have an impact for, for our corporate partners. The first one is about um, using our data about what teachers need most to help mm-hmm. make education budgeting smarter. Mm-hmm. So right now we're getting inquiries from school district officials who want to know what their teachers are requesting. And we're really excited about that because we believe we've got tons of information about what teachers need and want, mm-hmm. and that ultimately that could influence budget allocations and make yep. government education spending smarter. So that's really mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. On the the two uh, two other opportunities that are that are corporate have have corporate partnership uh, growth opportunity. Uh, the first one is around connecting um, teachers and entrepreneurs to bring new experiences to classrooms, and um, Two examples of how we've done this is with um, MakerBot 3D printers and mm-hmm. open ROV underwater robots. And so <laughs> just last year, we had a partnership with MakerBot 
and in partnership with OpenROV. And those are examples of two companies who likely would never spend time uh, trying to navigate the what it re- what it requires to become a vendor at any major district across the country. And yet, through working with DonorsChoose.org, they could ensure that teachers and kids had access to things like 3D printers and underwater robots. So we're really excited about about the opportunities to to make um, to make innovative um, materials and concepts and experiences um, accessible to classrooms when many of these I can't imagine make about trying to to navigate the um, the process to become a vendor at you know at districts across the country. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. Uh, we think there's lots of growth potential there. Mm-hmm. And then the third uh, area that we're really excited about is um, rewarding teachers who go above and beyond to bring new learning opportunities into the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example of this. So we're basically um, rewarding teachers with donors to use better gift cards um, for, again, going above and beyond. So one example is um, our partnership with code.org, where um, teachers who successfully complete a coding curriculum with Mm -hmm. 10-plus students receive a $750 DonorsChoose.org gift card. Wow. Oh, that's good. We have yeah. A per- yeah. We have a partnership with Google College Board and um, and us where um, the goal being to reward and incentivize teachers to start up advanced placement STEM classes, so mm-hmm. science, technology, education, and math classes in low-income communities where they don't currently exist. The goal is to get teachers to start them and then to, to get their students to pass those courses with threes, fours, and fives. Um, what's exciting about this, it's a three-year partnership. Um, we have seen that teachers have created 527 new AP courses, which is wow. really inspiring. And we're going to hear back um, later this fall about how their students did on those AP exams. But those are just two examples of how we can um, – work with with companies and incentivize um, teachers to do some really cool things in their in their classrooms. So we're excited about those those three opportunities. So Missy, when you work with companies, I mean one of the advantages I would think that, you know, and coming back from Charleston and actually talking to a nonprofit mm-hmm. about this is, you know, people kind of come away after a three day event and they're kind of like, you know, Joe, this is a lot of information. What what do I really need to focus on? Mm-hmm. And for me it's always come back to one thing brands command. And what that means is that the Mm -hmm. most important thing you can focus on as an individual and a company or a nonprofit organization is your brand. Because when people feel something, when they have a positive identification with your brand, uh, that is so very important. And that is certainly something that you folks have done very well um, at Donors Choose Dog Do you find that you folks are still reaching out to companies and introducing yourself? Or do more companies call you than ever before? Oh, gosh. I wish that we didn't have to do any reaching out to companies, um, but that is definitely not the case. We are always reaching out to companies, and we need to Now, see, Miss, you just ruined it. Companies. You just ruined it. I thought for sure you, <laughs> that, you were, that you were just sitting back now, taking orders, you know what I mean, and being, yeah, we'll take it on a nice? robot, you know be... what I mean? So. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. But um, that's not the case. Huh? you got to keep yeah, on doing it. Yeah, so we're, that is Exactly. Exactly. That is not the case. We have to still keep on 
um, keep on doing that. So, um, you know, I, you know, obviously there's, there, it, there are, there are different stages of the life cycle of any organization, as you all know, talking from, you know, the difference between year one to, uh, to year 14. And I think, um, when you have 14 years under your belt, there are certain things that you can um, rely on, which is really nice in terms of, as you mentioned, brand um, and reputation and um, the opportunity to renew partners year after year who you develop these longstanding relationships with. Um, that being said, we're still aggressively reaching out to new, to new prospects. We always have a top prospects list that we're constantly um, working on and working towards making connections for. It's something that we're laser focused on. We're doing prospecting all the time on those prospects. Um, the key that we found is, is to stay laser focused on a group of prospects. I think what can happen to many nonprofits is you've got lists upon lists upon lists. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we honed about just a year and a half ago was really having a top 20 prospects list that mm -hmm. we're really actively learning more about. Um, learning more about what's going on with those companies, yep. following them regularly, mm -hmm. and staying really focused on them. And so I just, you know, when I talk to other organizations, I, I, I encourage them to, to hone in on who are those top prospects and really learn as much about them as possible um, to stay laser focused on them. Because, as you know, you can get lists upon lists upon lists, and it becomes overwhelming. So that's one thing that we've done to try to stay really strategic. Yeah. I'm curious no, to know so I'm curious to know what the the process looks like once you do get a meeting with one of these top prospects because your campaigns I think what makes them stand out above a lot of other cause marketing campaigns is that they really are creative as far as the win-win they provide for the company and for you guys. I so agree. how yeah. how are you I can't imagine it's, I mean, I'm sure you have amazing ideas, Missy, but I can't imagine it's just you in a closet thinking about all these great ideas. Like, what's no, the process Missy you guys... Is, Missy is that amazing. I know she's that amazing, she's but that I amazing. don't know that she could do all of them all by herself. So is there That's a process right. you guys go through that you, you know, how do you come up with these amazing ideas? Yeah, that's a great question, Megan. Um, so we do, obviously, we've been doing, a, by the time we get into the meeting, we've been doing a lot of research on the company, on the individuals that we're going to meet with on the executive team, um, even sometimes on board members. And so we've done our research to know about them and um, the individuals and the company and, and what they've supported in the past. We learn a little bit about what's going on, um, what's hot to that company right now. Um, are they having um, challenges with employees? Are there, is there something going on that might relate in some way to their clients so that when we go into the meeting, we've got a lot of background. We've been following them in the news and social media on what's going on with them as a company. And um, we spend a lot of time, we've done our research, and then we spend a lot of time asking questions about what they want to accomplish through a partnership so that we can present ideas that meet those needs. So is it about employee engagement? Is it about customer loyalty? Is it about customer acquisition? So that when we put together a proposal of ideas, we are assured that what we put together, the menu of options that we provide them, ultimately meet the goals that they want to accomplish as a company. So I think it's about asking the right questions and spending a lot of time listening to what the company wants to, to accomplish. And then it's, it's usually a process because after that initial meeting, 
um, while we've usually brought, based on our research, we have ideas that we've brought to the table, we usually come back with additional ideas based on what we've we've learned as well in the meeting. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, if you can believe it, we have actually come to the end of our episode. And it's been so fantastic having you here today, Missy, and learning a little bit more about Donors Choose. If people want to learn more about Donors Choose or connect with you, how might they do that online? Sure. Folks can feel free to reach out to me at missy at donorschoose.org. I'm happy to to connect with folks uh, offline and online. Excellent. Thanks so much, Missy. And Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online? Of course, they can find me at my blog, selfishgiving.com. They can find me minute to minute on Twitter at Joe Waters. And of course, they should check out my cause marketing pins on Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF, and I also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at CauseUpdate.com. And you could find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio as well as iTunes. We do recommend you subscribe to the podcast. We would love it if you would leave us a review as well. And on behalf of Missy and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll see you next time. 